Hey everybody, welcome to episode 35 of Outspoken. I'm your host, Justin White, and my guest today is my new friend, Michael. Um, we met through my brother, uh, I think a couple of years ago now, and haven't seen each other or talked to each other since, and even that was a brief meeting. It was in uh, her cafe. She uh, She runs a coffee shop cafe i'll give you the details at the end all about that um but uh yeah so this is again our, the first time we had really spoken with at any length or with any at any with any depth um and it was great we got in to some really good topics and um i found that my eyes were opened to some things that's one of the beauties of this whole experience for me is that um every time i meet somebody new or talk about a topic through a new lens or you know hear a perspective i haven't considered yet then my mind is opened and um i get to go incorporate that stuff into my head and into my routine maybe if i'm if it's useful and if i'm able to do it um and uh I love that. I love that it's like a, this evolution. I'm I'm going to grow into a better person as a result of this. And uh I hope that that is true for more people who engage in conversations like this um or who listen to them. And I hope that it sparks others. Uh one thing I wanted to say about this episode is that um idiotically I uh well I I was in a space that I wasn't accustomed to and my laptop was on the edge of a table and I bumped it with my elbow at one point thankfully quite oh that's funny I just bumped this table with my elbow as I was saying that what a dunce I guess it doesn't matter where I am um so I hit the table didn't know that I had turned off the recording of the session until it was over and thankfully, I was only like a minute or two back. But then we went. We decided that we were talking about some good stuff and wanted to pick it up again. So I went into Michael's cafe the next day, and we finished up talking about just one topic, basically. So in the very last part of it, you might hear a little background noise. Um, there were a couple customers who came and went, and. We're back there in the corner, the other corner, and there was also a church band playing through the wall, um, which you can hear faintly in the background. But um, in the spirit of sitting in a cafe, I'm going to make a toast to new friends and uh, pour a glass of water, and then we'll talk to Michael. So what is the, what's the name of it? Outspoken. Oh, cool. I didn't give you a sticker yet. Yeah, I came into this completely blind. I like I was, that. That's pretty brave. You have no idea. What, I had no idea. I mean, I had I had a raving recommendation. Oh, that's nice. And um, which oh, was reassuring. That's good. But otherwise, you had no yeah, no idea. That's no idea. that's cool. Is that something you do in your life ordinarily? Like just take take. Um, I mean, I'll go on recommendations. I usually don't go or dive into something without knowing a little bit about uh-huh. like what's attached to it. Okay. But usually if it's like through a personal recommendation, I'll like try it out. Okay. Yeah. That's good. But in general, like in life, will you, will you take risks? And no, do, I'm no? super paranoid. Really? I'm, yes. I'm su- super paranoid, super anxious. Like, wow. So I always like, I'm very calculated. Hmm. Um, Has that always been the case? Um, I think, no, I feel like more so when I moved to New York. You got more started. anxious? Yes. And I feel like now, in hindsight, it's, I, feel, I feel like it's definitely a product of just living in New York. Okay. Where'd yeah. you move from? So I moved from Charleston, South Carolina, uh-huh. which is really slow. Yeah. <laughs> super slow. Um, you know, everybody waves at you walking by uh-huh. at point one mile per hour (laughs) right um yeah and people really take their time there so it's definitely different so do you think that was it it was just like a change like you moved from a slow-paced world Mm. to a crazy no i feel like it's it's part of moving to a more hectic 
environment where everyone is anxious and it kind of like spreads yeah. kind of contagious mm-hmm. that and then also just being more in tune with the news mm-hmm. and having more access to news yeah. and things that are happening um through internet is that starting to it makes you paranoid or it, ma- it just makes you like more concerned for yes in because and you know if i'm spending like all my time reading things about people dying in accidents yeah. <laughs> and like terrorist attacks or you know yeah. people School murdering each other and, yeah. yes and um just like yeah it's not good for you or, totally. no, or for anyone yeah so if you're looking at that all day you're it's gonna like stick with you and you're gonna like project that onto your environment and you know i feel like that's kind of um, something you do when you get older is you read more news, you uh-huh. know? but you know, before it was like print and it was limited. Yeah. I mean, you had to like do a lot of work to obtain like, yeah, usually it's just your local stuff and nothing mm-hmm. else unless you really sought it out. Yeah. But now it's all everything all the time. Yeah. Whether you want it or not, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You actually, I have to like work harder just not to, um, be exposed to. Yeah any information yeah it's hard you have to sort of Mm. you know close yourself off from most people talking because they're all talking about how crazy shit is and how the world's a mess and you know which that part i i'm skeptical about because i wonder if it has more to do with the united states than other places well the u.s is certainly bonkers right now Mm -hmm. and it's you know i mean i think it's been a crazy country since its inception and i think i think we it's done a pretty good job at fooling the world mm-hmm. you know into thinking mm-hmm. it's this great you know great model for how to be but it's mm-hmm. been a pretty disastrous uh, you know destructive force from the get-go yeah. so maybe that's just showing up now like people are mm-hmm. finally looking and saying like, whoa maybe we maybe we should all stop yeah. emulating this madness and uh-huh. uh, and maybe it'll turn around but i think we we're just now starting to like pump the brakes i think it's gonna be a long time before Mm-hmm. Any, we see like a real shift because mm-hmm. and i do i mean i do think insanity spreads i think people like you know being negative and thinking negatively and like you uh, said yeah. you know they're like sending it out into the ether and other people pick up on it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it doesn't that doesn't really stay within borders that goes wherever anybody's open to pick it up you know yeah and that's one thing about the internet it's like spreading the good and the bad mm-hmm. in all directions you know so if you, I don't know, what do you do to, like, how do you resist? Do you just have to not pick it up or you have to decide consciously, I'm not going to do that? I'm not gonna... I mean, how I, felt, how I felt recently about, like, making a more coherent practice to, like, not absorbing negativity mm-hmm. is definitely spend, don't look at any news, um, and spend less time on the internet and i feel like if something is like so direly important that i need to know about it i'll usually find out through word of mouth i think you're right yeah 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 if like, it's if it's something that's gonna impact you you're gonna find out mm-hmm. when it when it comes yeah yeah that's the thing that's uh, it's always been interesting just since the advent of the internet that mm-hmm. like we talk about it being prepared like now we can all be prepared because we have all this information you know but i don't see anybody doing anything differently I don't see them being more prepared for real life stuff, you know. I think it's just the idea that, like, well, if I needed it, that's there. So now I feel better. But it doesn't mean they went and bought their water for earthquake, you know, or they, you know, they didn't like do the real world practical stuff to, to have actual security. I feel like there are people doing like real world things, Mm -hmm. but the ratio is very unbalanced. Most people like are creating hashtags uh-huh. and um but they're really good at it right yeah it's, it's very entertaining and captivating <laughs> yeah and you can relate to it but yeah i feel like no i definitely have seen like proof of people like going out of their way um to do different things <laughs> that's good <laughs> maybe you're hanging with the right the right people because i because I mean, to be honest, it's not anyone I know specifically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe you're hanging with the wrong people. Maybe, maybe. No. You're, I mean, I, I think 
I don't know. The more I talk about this particular issue, and I do talk mm-hmm. about it a fair amount, uh, and I'm always, I'm like the old curmudgeon, you know, like I'm being dragged kicking and screaming into this new technological world, but that's mm-hmm. not really what it is. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy a lot of what, you know, all of the newfangled technology brings, and I mm-hmm. like the convenience, mm-hmm. but I really don't like doing things just because it's easier or do it like mm-hmm. I don't I don't like that mindset I don't like yeah. that people are like falling into this idea that convenience and comfort and ease are like the only things you should ever think of mm-hmm. like I only want it if it's going to be super easy and I don't have to do anything and it's free and instantaneous you know mm-hmm. like what, what why are we lowering our bar so far so that we don't personally have to expend any effort mm-hmm. isn't that part of the reward like when you expend an effort and you get something in return is that the deal like i don't i wouldn't want everything just to be handed to me all the time i mm-hmm. think that kind of sucks so i think like to be able to do a little bit of footwork might be actually good for us yeah as as humans i mean i definitely i feel like i can understand why people want convenience yeah um and it makes sense to me and i feel like it's not their fault because it's like we're living like in a society that's like so stressed out so anxious and like everything is like an obstacle Mm -hmm. so like if you can get something that's more convenient you're gonna opt for that it's true because you're already dealing with like so many obstacles yeah um and i don't know if that's just modern living or urban living um but i don't know either it seems like it's becoming universally so for people well i don't know i don't talk to everybody all over the place but and maybe mm-hmm. I, I don't know i probably just need to stop expressing so many opinions about it because it's it's not it's it's not really i'm not considering the whole picture i'm mm-hmm. just looking at my own little private navigation through the world mm-hmm. and seeing all these things that didn't used to be there and now mm-hmm. they're here and it's it's just been completely accepted by everyone mm-hmm. that's the part that worries me a little bit it's yeah. like, oh, wow, everybody's just going to roll over and let this be their new life. Like they're, they're just going to accept mm-hmm. that now you're attached to this device and you can't go anywhere without it. You know, yeah. that worries me a little bit because what's next? Like, what's the next thing that we can't live without? Mm-hmm. You know, and is it just going to be provided, presented to us and provided and we're told that we must have it and then we agree that we must have it? Because mm-hmm. that's what I'm I'm worried about. People just being like, OK, please, I'll just sit back and you tell me what to do because I don't think that's really what we're here for that just hunts and gathers right and like that i feel like in all honesty that would solve that would put an end at least for my part towards like the system so it's like okay so why don't i go do that now yeah if something like that existed right which i feel like totally does there are play there are like intentional communities and stuff Mm -hmm. but is that 
I mean, that's an investment. That's like a, that's, you have yeah. to make a life choice that will change your life. Yeah. Your whole I, life. I feel like that's the thing that nobody wants to do. Yeah. Maybe you're right. That's the thing. It's like, we're all like, oh, we'll take the easier thing. We'll take like electricity coming to your house, yeah. gas coming into your house. I'll just pay for it. I don't care that like, you know, our atmosphere has to be destroyed because of it. Yeah. It's like, we could make it like an impact like tomorrow just by literally dropping everything and walking away from it. Yeah. But who's going to do that? Not many people are going to do that unless they're forced to. Yeah. So I'm wondering what that, where that leads, like what's, what's the eventual end for a society who, you know, is taking the easy road every day. Destruction. Yeah. Obviously. Just endless diversion. Yeah. But, but where, but where does that, I mean, we're, we're going to be, are we just going to like fade away? We're just going to disintegrate into, you know, non-matter because we don't, <clears throat> we're not doing anything worthwhile anymore. I mean, I think the way things are going, we're going to end up being completely serious is we're going to like colonize another planet or the and moon st- and start or over Mars. ruining that. Yeah. Because yeah. Elon Musk is like, yeah, you know, he has all the tools and like if all it takes is money, yeah, which we've seen that like people will sacrifice for right something that will get them profits. Yeah, and like how many people would jump at the opportunity to go live on another planet? Yeah, a lot. A lot. Yeah, so, not me personally. I I like this one. Yeah, and I think that all that money could just go straight into this planet. Totally. You know? Totally. Save who is already here. We don't need to. I mean, it's okay to plan yeah. for the future, but we could also be. You know, instead of yeah. sending a, a mannequin up into space in a car, mm-hmm. we could feed some people or, you know, build some shelters or hospitals or something. Yeah. No, so. of course. Like, we have all the, like, right now, I mean, I'm not an expert on, like, um, resource uh, availability, availability or, yeah. statistics, but I just feel like from personal resource or personal researching mm-hmm. and, like, personal experiences and, just being observant that right now we have all of like the like manpower Mm -hmm. all of the resources and all of like the capital to like fix all the problems Mm -hmm. and especially the brain power like we have so much brain power yeah it's just like not being utilized Utilized, yeah organized well it's just not the priority like the saving everyone is not the priority Mm -hmm. for the people who are making decisions Mm -hmm. and I don't and that's seems to be the the end that I mean this is something I come back to a lot because it seems like every group eventually gets corrupted like if you like a a group with a purpose pursuing that purpose will eventually get corrupted by the personalities that are in there Mm -hmm. right because somebody somewhere is going to choose to view it as a hierarchy and then they're going to want to move up and be a little bit above you and have more power. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's sort of inevitable with, with people, even with the best intentions. It seems like you, like you can go into a spiritual meditation group and find infighting, you know? Yeah. So, or, or anywhere where they claim to not be into that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be collective. It's supposed to be, Hey, let's all be a democracy, but Mm -hmm. We we see again and again that that doesn't really happen. So I'm wondering what that means for social animals who live in a you know limited. It's a pretty big space, but it's it is getting smaller. Mm-hmm. That's because we keep cranking out more of us. Mm-hmm. So what yeah, do we but, do? Like what are yeah. the where, how do we how can we get along? How can we all get along? Our whole planet. I, I want you to started. solve it, Michael. Okay. I want you to, to, to tell <laughs> well, I have my little notebook right here. Yeah, for please. You global have a plan. solutions. Okay, you have the outline <laughs> handy. Um, I don't know, but when you ask me that, I feel like my the first thing that comes to my mind is like, get out of the United States. Really? Get away from it. Okay. Yeah, like, go because I feel like it's. I feel like the United States breeds like that type of mentality, like mm. complacency, and like stepping on other people to yeah. get where you want to go it's and true. so if you're if you're living within that community like you said with like being anxious and being fearful it's gonna it's gonna it's contagious yeah so it's gonna spread it's gonna to gonna you. infect everybody mm-hmm. and yeah and i feel like i'm feeling more 
um, like expatriate <laughs> yeah. uh, ambitions because I was just in the Netherlands uh, for yeah. a week, and I was able to like feel that lived experience over uh-huh. there that's happening. Um, I didn't get into like the politics too much. I mean, I've done research on like their laws and human rights mm-hmm. like um what are the what are gender politics like in so that's interesting because i was under the impression for a long time that netherlands was super progressive mm-hmm. in terms of like um gender identity and like sexual orientation discrimination mm-hmm. and acceptance in general and Actually, before I left, or I, no, when I got back, I was looking up the laws, and I saw that they actually don't have any um, legal... There's nothing on the books? Like, uh, about, yeah, like... Anti-discrimination there's laws? There's no anti-discrimination laws for wow. gender identity. Wow. There's anti-discrimination laws for sexual orientation. Okay. But not for gender identity. And I was like, what? Huh. The Netherlands? Amsterdam? Doesn't right. have that? And I got so offended and I was like that doesn't make any sense but then I thought well maybe it's because like that's not an issue there like it's not it's it hasn't been something to where they needed to you know and imprison laws, people right. for committing these crimes because the crimes aren't there right yeah so, hate crimes like, are kind of a US thing mm-hmm. yeah wow so well what was your personal experience of it being there like what I mean were you yeah. Um, if you don't mind telling me. I feel like the bottom line is, like, they just care about humans more. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I felt like humans had value there. Wow. We're, like, here, I kind of feel like we're just cattle. And, like, if we lose one in the mix, yeah. that's just the, the name of the game. That's, like, the price of business. Right. Um, that's true. That is sort of the, mm-hmm. that is the way our social welfare network is set up. It's like, ah, collateral damage. Well, we're going to yes. lose a few. Yeah, but yeah, there. So there, you felt you felt acknowledged. Yeah, as a person, like, and yeah, I felt acknowledged as a person, um, and a lot of that showed just in like, like the civic infrastructure, how it was set up, mm. and how they take people's safety in consideration. Um, Can you give examples? Okay, so something I really liked there was the layout of the streets. Uh huh. Um, how it's set up to be uh, functional for pedestrians, bikers, cyclists, and cars and trams and buses. Uh-huh. All in and, the same space. All yeah, shared use. All in the same space. And it's really safe. Um, and it works really well. And like the where they placed everyone, it's just smart. Like they put they put the bikers, the bike path they put those closest to the buildings Mm -hmm. then they put the walkers between the bikers and the car okay and then the car the trams are in the middle of the opposite direction cars so that no pedestrians would accidentally wind up yeah no pedestrians can get hit by a tram right because that's only for you have to run across a lane of traffic first to get hit by the train Uh uh-huh and no bikers can get doored right or hit by cars because they're up against the buildings. Right. What about people coming out of buildings, though? Do they have so to watch for that? So that could possibly potentially be an issue, but I feel like it's not as frequent as door car or yeah, doors true. opening. Well, there's just awareness of it probably because mm-hmm. they know that's the bike lane. The yeah, and it's watch not it like when they swing the door open. Yeah, and it's not like right up against the building. There's like a couple feet. Okay. But it's just the the bike lanes are closest to the building. We're like in the United States, the bike lanes are in the streets. If at all, yeah. Uh-huh. Or they're intermittently, like, they're, they're there, and then they're not there. And then you yeah. got to go up this super crazy, busy, you know, thoroughfare yeah, to get to then, this other bike lane. And then sometimes they just disappear. Yeah. So you're just riding, and then there's a street. It's just and grass. Then, yeah. <laughs> Dead ends in the grass. We ran out of money. ran out of pavement. Totally. Or, or we ran out of care. Like, yeah. we stopped caring. And that's our thing, too. Like, I feel like when I got back, I noticed, like, there the streets are divided with like actual material like bricks uh-huh. or like barriers right instead of and, a painted line yeah and it's like here it's just let's just paint a little line yeah, there just it's pay attention so to that, okay. like oh my god it's so like um 
do you think it what do you think that is do you think it's it well i um, think it's honestly they're trying to save money okay because we're in debt uh-huh. and <laughs> they're like okay should we build a wall which is going to cost like you know x million dollars right. or do we just like paint some paint which is really cheap yeah and but even before i mean because we the roads that we first started building way back when they, mm-hmm. they went straight to paint then they weren't even thinking about uh, you know the deficit or anything it was just like because uh, even when it was yeah. booming and the car industry was happening and there's tons of money floating around uh-huh. they were still using the cheap you know so. well i don't know i'm not sure why i mean what the choice if it was a if it was out of you know cost saving or mm-hmm. laziness or it's easier I, I don't know i feel like all of those are very uh <laughs> likely probably like prospects, yes. yeah because like yeah i feel like like our country is definitely founded on like quick <laughs> cutting quick, corners yeah cutting corners making it work for the moment yeah like fixing yeah, just, it later yeah slop it together and get through and then we'll yeah isn't that funny is it because we're such we're such a young we're like little babies in the world right Totes, yeah, we're still totally. learning everything yeah it's but, like we're teenagers and like that's what a teenager would do they were just kind of like yeah except know. somehow we got the reins somehow we yeah. like we stole the keys to the car and we're five years old yeah you know? and we're driving the whole world we're gonna crash soon we are crashing <laughs> we're crashing every every time we get in the, behind this you know behind the wheel uh-huh. Uh-huh. If we're, I don't know. I mean, I, the U.S. does good things too. I'm sure. I'm sure we're overlooking some of the, mm-hmm. but they do. They do a lot of rotten stuff. And mm-hmm. but so okay. So here, what would you say to? So you say the first thing you think is I got to run. I got to get out of here. Yeah. What do you say to the argument that you should stay and and fight, make it a better, make it a better yeah. place? Like this is your this is your country. Don't you want to see it? You know. See yeah, it through. I mean, I'm not. I'm and there's not, not a personal judgment. I'm just. It's just like a devil's yeah. advocate question. I think for people that want to do that, I commend them. Mm-hmm. I think it's very admirable. It's brave and courageous. Um, I just don't see myself being playing that role. Like, you would rather have a better life. And, yes, and more I peace. Really, Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, that's. I, I. It appeals to me. It definitely appeals mm-hmm. to me to go somewhere that's nicer. You know, mm-hmm. where people are nicer to each other. Mm-hmm. And um, and don't kill each other daily, and you know mm-hmm. uh, where there's a little less fear and paranoia and anxiety. Um, so that definitely appeals to me, especially as I get older. But also, I have a kid, so my kid is in yeah. this country, and this is where, you know, and unless we're all going to move somewhere, and it'd be a complicated logistical feat with all our broken families. Uh, I think we're we're sticking it out, and. Uh, I don't know what that's. I mean, it could get really ugly for people. I mean, I might be in my golden years and having to be, you know, on the front lines fighting off looters, and you know, like I'm going to be like an old man with a totally. freaking shotgun and a knife and trying to defend yeah. myself, and you know, or and a my, force field, or whatever we have. At yeah, that time. yeah. If we can invent that yeah. in time. And I, I think that's in my head that looks very realistic because I feel like not that I'm like a history major or anything, but I watch a lot of films mm-hmm. and. I've watched a wide range of films that they're they're set in anywhere from 1800s or even before that, you know, mm-hmm. um, until like modern times. Right. So, and a lot of them are just depicting what's already happened. Yep. And it's like, yeah, it it just like what you're describing there. Like if you're like, you know, you're trying to like, kind of be a patriot and like defend your homeland. And everyone else is leaving because there's like civil unrest, mm-hmm. and like that's happened like throughout over humanity. and over and over yeah. again. So yeah. like it wouldn't be anything new, and I feel like it's important that some people play the role of like defending, and some yeah. people play the role of like branching out.
I'm curious about how gender, like how your experience of gender. Can we, can we talk about that? Okay? Yes, of course. Okay. By the way, I'm not shy about any topic. I didn't think that anything. you were. I just like yeah. to be, you know, mm-hmm. make sure before we leap in. Yeah. But uh, I mean, is it fair to, to talk about transitioning and, and is all of that stuff yeah, that that's you're open totally to? Cool. Uh-huh. Okay. Because um, I, when I met you, I mm-hmm. think you identified male. Oh, really? Right. I yeah. met you back then? Wow. I think so. Just maybe it was right before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah. So and I don't think I even I didn't know you well enough to mm-hmm. even think of which pronoun to use because it never came to that. I just met you and it was your name. Yeah. But, and uh, then we're doing and then, then like a couple of years passed and we're doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. But uh, but so how. Yeah. Well, talk to me about that. What's what's it been like? Or what oh, is, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So for the listeners i'm a trans woman um and my pronouns are she and her um and but i identify female Mm -hmm. but gender is a huge topic for me i feel like i can literally talk about it for days Uh and i kind of knew that i would probably get into it because i like getting into it um but i definitely had some kind of um realizations in Amsterdam relating to gender and I feel like it goes back to me having kind of this assumption that they're super progressive right super diverse mm-hmm. tolerant um, mm-hmm. 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 but I feel like it's a it's a little more like nuanced than that um, and almost like less progressive than United States yeah well it is a very old world culture I mm-hmm. mean, it's coming out of a, a very very old tradition yeah so it might be a little longer before it, it might be the gender hasn't even entered as like enough of a like you were saying like they don't mm-hmm. have the crimes or they don't there's just not enough attention mm-hmm. paid to it to, mm-hmm. to even know that you could discriminate or something I don't know it's weird totally yeah I feel like that's very likely um, yeah because I feel like it's the same thing with race like people don't even know that they're being racist because they there's just not like the dialogue around it there's right. not like the information and no one they could be very they could be very being racist yeah or they could be very progressive <laughs> and be very inclusive but at the same time they're still discriminating definitely um, yeah some of the some of the prog- most progressive and liberal people are some of the most discriminatory they're, you know mm-hmm. they have their ideas are so set they're so they're, they're becoming righteous you know a little mm-hmm. bit uh i know a little more than you do and i'm going to tell you now about your life i'm going to tell you i'm going to tell you how you feel about the things that you experience i've definitely witnessed that yeah um but yeah so i feel like basically my experience overall it was great um i felt treated with respect and I not for once was like fearful of like being threatened or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and here you feel that here, pretty... here I feel it. Yeah. Do you feel it regularly everywhere you go? Some of the time? Certain, I mean, what's... luckily, no, because I kind of live in a bubble mm. and my routine is very, um, Routine. Routine, <laughs> yeah. yeah. My routine is like the same thing every day, almost. Yeah. So it's like... And you see, the people you see are people you know, and they know yeah, you. Yeah, and I've kind of like moved in that direction just to protect myself. Mm-hmm. So like I knew that I would be safe. That's if what I, I was going to ask next, mm-hmm. is if that was a conscious choice to like yeah. find a safe bubble. And it seems yeah. like it sort of has to be. Like I don't know yeah. anybody who isn't gender conforming or mm-hmm. what, you know, all doing all the things you're supposed to do in society who hasn't had mm-hmm. to do that in some way like yeah. make their own life separate from the world yeah because the world's not allowing them to be themselves mm-hmm. so that, i fully understand wanting to find a place where you could be yourself and not feel yeah. afraid or you know threatened or because yeah. that should just never be like the case you know of course but it <clears throat> is and yeah have you have you always identified female before it was okay to talk about that in the, yeah. you know? Okay. Um, no. And I feel like that usually surprises a lot of people. Um, but a lot of people ask me like, oh, when did you know that you were female? And 
I feel like that question is so bizarre to me mm-hmm. because it kind of reminds me, and I don't like blame them for asking it, but it's just, it's so prevalent. But for me, it reminds me of like someone being like, oh, so when did you know like you were a human? Did you know when you were like three that right. you were like a part of the human race? Right. Or did you know at like 20? And even like the same thing for like um, cisgendered people, people who identify as the gender that they were assigned right. at birth. I feel like, okay, so when did you know that you were <laughs> a, a, straight a man, man or a woman? Yeah. Like, did you even ever make a conscious choice to be? And right. I, I feel like they probably didn't because they were comfortable in that gender and just lived and grew up as a human. Yep. With Never that had gender. to ask mm-hmm. anything of them about themselves. Like, yeah. Am I right? Am I okay? Or, you know. Yeah. And I feel like for me, I mean, I feel like it's hard because in an ideal world, I would like to identify as with no gender, like uh-huh. non-binary. Okay. I feel like ethically, it's like the right thing to do mm-hmm. for humanity yeah. um, to like stop perpetuating gender roles and gender class. I think you're right. But for right now, like I just can't do that. Like I'm not at that state or I'm too afraid or for whatever reason, like I can't identify as like with, with no gender. Yeah. Um, so me even identifying as binary gender, mm. It's like counter, yeah. Yeah, it's counterintuitive to my like ethical code. Yeah. Um, huh. Do you think that you're you think you'll find a time when you're comfortable enough to just say, I, I don't, I'm neither, or it doesn't matter, or stop asking? I mean, part, yeah, <laughs> like, part of me feels like I probably will because if it's a thought that I have, I'll usually like move in that direction yeah and it's I'll not get gonna there. go away your consciousness yeah. has already latched onto it mm-hmm. and it's gonna stay and grow yeah until you do something about it that's my feeling i mean once you're mm-hmm. if you get your hooks into something that needs adjustments it's yeah. not gonna leave your consciousness again no. until the adjustments are made mm-hmm
So that's that's why I feel like, in some sense, it's futile to even try to like, you know, I don't not for the individual. I think the individual should have the right to say this is who I am. Please respect that. You know, mm-hmm. whether or not people are going to is not you know it's sort of out of your hands after mm-hmm. that. But but you can at least ask like, mm-hmm. hey, this is how I would like to be known, right? Yeah. But I feel like it's it very quickly gets co-opted, like you said, or appropriated or mm-hmm. used just used for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. and winds up being a big mess. And then mm-hmm. it's really easy to point and say, see, see what happens when you, you know, mm-hmm. when you're a social pervert or whatever. Like, see what happens? Yeah, you're a deviant. Yeah. And that's why those labels, I think, are mm-hmm. can be sort of destructive with, with all the best intentions. They, they can still lead to even more discrimination mm-hmm. or, or more isolation, you know? Oh, you're in that group, but not this one. You're not, you're not in, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just find it sort of strange that um, it's happening in that realm where mm-hmm. I think the whole point is to open up, right. To be more inclusive and be more accepting of one another. But it, I think, I mean, I think that's the hope of the, of anyone who's looking for their own identity to be, recognized Mm -hmm. so but is it having that effect or is it i I mean i think yeah like you said i think labels definitely um create segregation but then at the same time it's like well how do we communicate we need we need language to communicate we need words to explain things so yeah i feel like i've I've had this conversation before and i feel like i kind of imagined it along the lines of like we're in an infancy state of humanity and expression. Mm-hmm. And it's like right now, all we know how to use is words to communicate. But like in like millions of years, humans will be able to communicate like maybe telepathically. Yeah. And they won't need language. And yeah, like those things won't even be on the playing field. So don't you think that we would be we'd be more on the path toward that by not naming things so much than by naming them. Like, don't you think that by delineating, not just with gender, but yeah. with all these different things mm-hmm. of like, you're this color, you're that you have this status, you live in this neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, like all these different things. That I we, think we need to do that first in order just to, in order to have a conversation. To, about, yeah. Well, in order to like, have a point basically of raise awareness that there's like, there's not just one. Okay. So you yeah. have to go, you have to go look at mm-hmm. everything and name it's everything like and like then come back to, to the school. table and talk yeah. about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, because that's, that's gives me a little more hope that, you yeah. know, it's somewhere down the line. Yeah. People will, let, I don't know. I, it, it just kind of amazes me that the, the kind of things that we choose mm-hmm. to hate each other for it just blows my mind i don't get it it makes me want to cry you know it's mm-hmm. like what the fuck are you doing what are you doing why are you looking for a reason to not like somebody mm-hmm. it makes me nuts or even control people yeah, or say, yeah. Like, this is how i live this is how i identify this is what i want to do this is what i don't want to do and that's the only choice that's the only life that's the only existence that should be available to right. everyone yeah and I'm going to talk to you how I live my life and assume that you're doing exactly the same. And that creates like distance too, because like that person's not going to be able to like understand or relate or, right. um, yeah, that's true. So it's like, there needs to be like, yeah, I feel like there needs to be like a broader language first to like kind of wash everything over mm. to just spread the knowledge that like, there's diversity okay you know and then a long time down the road, yeah. it will just it will be a part of our like dna how like you know like we already learned that lesson just like we like already fought off uh we've learned the lessons of, in the past of how to you know run from uh <laughs> lions tiger. Yeah. yeah and that's like in us now like right like how we to, don't have to relearn that yeah one. right but that's... we're looking at it in such a micro yeah uh timeline that it's like we can't like just jump to the future true well it is absolutely brand new in our in our like Mm -hmm. world thinking it's a it's a brand new concept to even consider 
for, for the vast majority of people, right? For the vast majority, yes. I don't, it's not a brand new concept. No, no, I don't. No, I don't mean that. Like it hasn't. Like, yeah. Like, it hasn't been around. Like the, I, I just mean that a society that has lived one way for a very long time mm-hmm. is now starting to look at this new, mm-hmm. f- for them, a new idea. Like a, a collectively, it's mm-hmm. a new idea. Mm-hmm. I know that there are individuals who, for a very long time, have been waiting for the world to catch up to, mm-hmm. to their personal story you know because it doesn't yeah. it's not written for everyone yeah um and that's probably always going to be the case there's always going to be somebody who feels you know left yeah. out misunderstood yeah uh, there will be like you know in like 300 years there'll be like a new group of people who are like we've never heard about and like yeah we have to learn about and we have to you know learn how to not be um exclusive of them yeah. and stuff like that like i feel like that's always yeah, what's going to happen and then, like, you know, when we meet aliens, we're going to have to do that with them. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's always going to be a thing. It's like, you know, how organisms have to live, like, when they meet new organisms. Like, mm-hmm. like, you have to form a symbiotic relationship if you mm-hmm. want to coexist. Mm-hmm. But we're not, I mean, if you look at the Earth on a grand scale, mm-hmm. you could see the symbiosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think when you get micro with anything, it looks like chaos. Yeah. It looks like a real big mess. Yeah, uh, but I like the idea of looking of that of it being. I mean, it's it de- you said it's in its infancy, and that's definitely mm-hmm. true. And anyone who is living that role right now on the planet is mm-hmm. a warrior for change for that in that realm because that's not mm-hmm. an easy fight to be fighting. Mm-hmm. And um, the cards are definitely stacked against anybody who wants to be different and you know express themselves differently mm-hmm. from the norm but mm-hmm. i think if any if we stop doing that the world's going to homogenize into the most boring single stretch of nothingness mm-hmm. you've ever seen back to what we were talking about before as like humans socially evolving and I feel like the lens of intersectionality is is an evolutionary tool that okay. we have now that we can start implementing to become more like socially conscious um, and which I think will just end up helping humans cohabitate easier uh-huh. um so how is it implemented? I mean, how does somebody who's never heard that term or has no familiarity with that concept, how, yeah. like, how do they come around to seeing it yeah. in that way? Um, so I think you have to 
do a little bit of research into the individual that you're engaging with yeah and use their their experiences that they're telling to you and using your own experiences of what you know about different cultures different genders different races different um classes perceived classes um or like perpetuated class structures Mm -hmm. and see where all those are coming from separately and how they're meeting to form that individual and that will give you a more specific and less like stereotyped version of the person right um so i think it's it's a way to like stop stereotyping people and if you can stop stereotyping people you can ideally stop discriminating against them yeah you can start to see the actual person Mm -hmm. instead of the the label and the story that Mm -hmm. you've always had attached to that that type of person or like this idea of like oh you look like this so you must be this set of characteristics and you must have all Uh of these you know which is one thing which is one um let's say like strand of their intersectionality map like if you're looking at them you're like oh you're this color so you're this person right that's, that's one that's, tiny little sliver yeah. of their of the whole spectrum of yeah. their life right? like that's not in essence that's not horrible to do but it's not going to be helpful if you don't consider all the other strands crossing that right. piece of information and well it, i mean in a way it, i don't know if horrible is the word but it but it's it's certainly you're you're guaranteeing that you're not going to get the real experience of a person mm-hmm. if you pick mm-hmm. any single or just like a little collection of characteristics that, to focus on and say, yeah. oh, this is what makes up the person. Yeah, and if you're just looking at like that one strand that's not at the intersection point and let's say like, you know, you're engaging with that strand, you're pulling on it, you're not going to be really getting to like the center of who that person is. Right. And even though you're pulling on that strand, by the time it gets to that intersection point, it's going to be diluted. It's going to be like lost by the distance. So like, I feel like that's what happens when you kind of don't use an intersectional perspective. Uh You're kind of like trying to engage from a distance. That's not gonna, you can't get close. Yeah. You can't get (laughs) close. At a distance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're looking through a tiny little window, like Mm -hmm. a really itty bitty, Portal instead of this wide open experience of someone. Yeah. The thing that always, well, well, first of all, I feel like in order to do that, you need to be curious. You need to like mm-hmm. want to know more about a person than the the perceived story that you already come with. I mean, that's that's yeah. the problem. Is like most of us, <clears throat> the story's already there. It already exists. The second you look at somebody, like mm-hmm. I, oh, you look enough like this other person that I already have made my mind up about mm-hmm. that I'm just going to overlay that on you, which is absurd. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if no matter what the distinguishing characteristics, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you were, if somebody were to ask you, like, is it okay if I just, you know, you look like my friend, I'm just going to think of you as my friend and talk to you like, you know, because I have people do that, like you look so much like my friend and they like, they want you to conform more to their idea of what you should be. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're, not, <clears throat> you're not enough like them for me to be comfortable. I think that's like the, the impetus for people. It's like, I need to squeeze you into a box that, mm-hmm. that I'm comfortable with. But if people aren't willing to be uncomfortable, you know, with somebody who doesn't fit in their box, mm-hmm. then I feel like that's, that's going to be the stopping point every time. Like you could introduce this idea to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really great place to start just to say like, I mean, there are ways to talk about it, I think, without even using that term. You just say, like, look at the bigger picture of the person. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, your metaphor of, like, the one strand is really good because anybody who has looked at themselves for more than five seconds knows that they have some depth and some, you know, complications, you know, complexity mm-hmm. that nobody else outside of them knows. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants someone outside of them to just be like, Oh, I know. I know everything about, you know, I have my mind up made up about you and I don't need any of your input to, you know, to determine whether or not I'm right. Mm-hmm. So, and I feel like that's where we get in pro and that's, that's the, the hurdle to get past. It's like, how do you get somebody to be curious about your experience or your mm-hmm. differences or the ways in which you don't match up to their stereotype? 
you know? Yeah, that's, yeah, that is a, a challenge. For someone who, like, is afraid of anything different mm-hmm. than them, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you make them not afraid? I mean, I think in time that will happen mm-hmm. as globally we just get more diverse and closer together mm-hmm. and the distance is kind of bridged. Um, I think naturally that happened. But also I feel like as a country and um, having a government, that government should be somewhat responsible for creating a safe space for curiosity Mm. and being bipartisan to really any any labels do you think that really comes down to the government i mean Um, i mean because i don't think they see that as their role at all you know i i mean in my experience of governments they're not really interested in how the people feel about things Mm -hmm. they just want to make sure they're under control you know not not all governments, but like the the one the one I'm the most familiar yeah. with. The one that we're experiencing. Yeah, right? it's yeah. more about like keeping you in line than it mm-hmm. is like taking care of you or making sure you your needs are met. It definitely know. is. But yeah, so because I, I feel like it's more of a, like a social responsibility. I feel like the government's never going to take interest in that. You know, I yeah. I maybe that's a pessimistic view. I just feel like from it is experience, a pessimistic. yeah, it's, it's very <laughs> pessimistic. But it's based in my real my perception of what you know, those institutions generally do. Yeah. They're not generally looking out for the citizenry, even if everything they say, you know, makes you think that's their job. You know, they claim like that's what they are doing. Like politicians care about that. I haven't, I don't know too many. So, like and the, yeah, that comes back to some other people caring about your experience. Too. Yeah. And not falling down the rabbit hole of giving you a one-size-fits-all predetermined identity. Right. Yeah. And acting on that because... Because it never, ever, ever fits. The mm-hmm. one-size-fits-all never fits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Or if it does, it, I think it's because you're not looking to, to make it fit comfortably. Yeah. You're just accepting it as, a, okay, I'm that, or that's the way the world is, or what, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't like when things don't fit. I work on making them fit, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of the, if it doesn't feel right, that's my indicator that something's wrong, mm-hmm. you know? If, and I feel like if you're okay with all those, with the way it is, like if you, if you just accept discrimination and whatever, all these different stereotypes, um, you're just sort of accepting that for yourself too. Like if you, if that's how you choose to look at the world, then you're yeah. allowing the world to look at you in that same way. Like, totally. okay, well, we'll just make up our mind about you. And, and I think if people thought of it that way, they would stop for a minute. They'd be like, mm-hmm. well, I don't want you doing that to me. You can't tell me who I, you know? <clears throat> so why can't we make that switch to say like, well, if I don't like doing that, then that other person probably doesn't either. Mm-hmm. No, nobody mm-hmm. wants to be told who they are by someone out, you know, outside of them because <laughs> you don't know that's the whole point it's like you don't know and so if you're curious then then ask and you might find out mm-hmm. but if you think you know just by making up your own mind about it without the input of that person you already lost you lost the chance to know the person you know? Mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah I think you already create that distance and then you're 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 back on the outside again yeah yeah Cool. All right. Well, thanks so much for for doing the the, the makeup. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I clumsily stopped the whole thing. But um, okay. it's meant to be. Maybe this whatever we talked about now would be like way better. Yeah, it's definitely way better. All right. Like we, yeah, we got more um, specific this time. We did. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. That was my friend Michael M. And uh, I wanted to tell you about uh, her coffee shop. She has a pop-up. She's the founder of a of a Canary in the Coal Mine, which is a pop-up coffee shop that runs out of the Lowlands Bar in Gowanus in Brooklyn. 
So I highly recommend it. It was uh it's a really nice atmosphere. She's a really nice person, uh great conversationalist and uh different menu all the time. She has different food depending on what's fresh and uh that's kinda cool. I had avocado toast there once, it was great. I had uh, egg sandwich on a croissant there once, it was great. Uh go check it out. Go say hi. And uh, you know where to find me, and if you don't, um, I don't know how that would work, because here you are listening. But uh, I love you all. Thank you for being here. I'll see you next week. Bye.